sir, Driven Minds Podcast. Actually, Driven Society Podcast on y'all season five. You heard? <laughs> you keep doing that shit. <laughs> it's Franz Bowen. It's Chad Weeks. Yes, sir. Recording uh, live. Can we say live? Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? Red Bull Arts. Big up my man Hassan and Shout out to Hassan. You know what I'm saying? Sure. We got another ill guest in the building today. Uh, multimedia producer, mm-hmm. writer, strategist. Cultural, uh, cultural anthropologist, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> All around G, representing North Carolina. Come on and raise up. Take your shirt off. Move around your head. Swing like a helicopter. <laughs> Yo, we hate that. We hate that so much. <laughs> yo, my man, Dev T. Smith is in the builder. Yo, yo, yo. What up, man? Dev, what's good, brother? Peace, Chilling, man. Chilling, man. Appreciate y'all Claps having me. Claps and snaps. Yo, Claps yeah. and snaps. Definitely, definitely. Um, I forgot where I even... Where we meet, bro? The parlor. Ah. For sure. The parlor, Le yeah. parlor. Matter of fact, it was your um, it was your birthday. Oh snap! And Dot was like, "Yo, you need to come through me, my man Trav." Right. And I was like, "All right." And then um, Mitch was coming out there too, That's and true. I was at his crib for a whole some other shit. Right, and right. um, I was just like, "Yeah, what you want tonight? What you doing tonight?" Um, I was like, "Oh, he's like, oh, I'm going to a party in Brooklyn." Yeah, me too. Wait, where's your party at? He told me the address. I was like, "Nigga, we going to the same spot." Yeah, crazy. <laughs> and then coincidentally, we found out that we. Kind of knew each other because we would tell you came to an event, DS event 2016. Yeah, when uh, uh, it was a panel, right? Was, this was when Impact Culture, yep. That was man, that was crazy. Uh, that was uh, Bree Steves was there that Bree night, Steves. Rashad had was on the panel yep. that night, Soleil and Quanto. Soleil and them, yeah, performed. That yep. shit was, that was, was crazy. Night. That shit was crazy, yeah. yeah. And then, um, I don't think we met that day, but you was we met. Me. We okay. met, yeah, we shook hands. We dapped up like by some stairs or some shit like that. Got it. Yeah, I, I remember Rashad linking us like too, mm-hmm. like, yo, my man, like some of the acts of what that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Bree Steve, Bree she's lit now. Yo, but yeah, yeah, she, mm-hmm. she, she was the first up. one to brought her to Brooklyn. I don't know if y'all know that, like. Yeah, I put her on Revolt uh, based off that performance. That's how me and her met that night. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, I walked up to her. I was like, yo, you're Shout gonna, to Driven Society, you change your lives, make it move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, Alex Wolf was there. That's, that event put a lot of strength together. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Chase the book with the documentary, Triumph. <laughs> you already know. <laughs> the good brother Dev is here, man. I've always been a fan of his work. Mm-hmm. Um, Pen Game Crazy. Thank Facts. You, um, written for the likes of um, United Masters, The Revolt. Um, Black Enterprise. I'm probably mm-hmm. missing a few. Started his own platform. Mm-hmm. Um, um, does social media marketing, um, designing culture for different brands. It's an all around ill dude and understanding of the culture. So we call this the ultra cu- the culture issue. Thank of, you, man. You know what I mean? And uh, we just gonna talk about stuff that's going on in culture, what the future looks like, um, how as us as creators we we retain our equity, we retain. Our um our sanity in this space mm-hmm. and you know just expanding as we go into 2019 2020 you know mm-hmm. what I mean mm-hmm. and uh, I guess we could launch it off because you know what really got me in this way of thinking I mean I've been in this way of thinking but um that whole verse mm. facts that shit was crazy I don't think people even like that shit was like kind of crazy mm. it wasn't kind of crazy that shit was insane that shit was ridiculous mm-hmm. you know what I mean even his style of how he came in. Just even told like he walked. I never. I he he talked into rapping. Like I never seen that in that way. He was like, "What do you say? Three fifths of a man, I believe, is the phrase." Word. Then the beat dropping. All of a sudden, he's rapping now. Like he did what was his, the best I ever do. Did his thing, you know. Shout out to mm-hmm. Blue Ivy for that pen. Yeah, you know saying <laughs> pen game is. I think the I think the dope thing about Hove, a writer. <laughs> I think the dope thing about Hove is like, you know, for like people tend to look at like. uh like rappers specifically, because it's such a, conspe- a competitive sport, mm-hmm. they tend to look at rappers like athletes. 
right? Sure. So like everybody's like, oh, Hove is like still doing this, and he's like almost forty nine or fifty. Mm-hmm. But the but it's like duh, nigga, like <laughs> like the art of like I like I don't even like to call myself a writer and shit like that. Like I really look at myself like an artist because writing is art. That is a is a is a is a form oh, of true, art indeed. to 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 use words in a way to like convey a message, especially if you can do it in a short amount of time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like. I think it's interesting to watch Hove like he's always gotten better. Like, you know what I mean? Like any rapper that you follow, if they've been around for shit, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, I mean, I hope they got better. So it's right. interesting. That's the interesting part to me is to watch people's um shock. That watch the shock value every time like he drops mm-hmm. a crazy verse or he does something wild with his pen mm-hmm. and people are like, "Yo, like, you know, he's He's showing that you could still, you know what I mean, like be older and do this. And it's like, nah, hip hop just got middle aged. Right. Yeah. You know what and I'm saying? And nobody has seen it. And nobody's seen it before. Like right. nobody's seen the OGs. Somebody age with grace. Yeah. And, like, you know what I mean? Nobody's seen the OGs be able to be in a place where they could right. speak about speak from a place of an OG. Like, like, like this. Like we like these are the first rappers to become wealthy like this. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like wealthy, wealthy. You know what I'm saying? Wealthy, so, wealthy. So like exactly. when you, Yeah, like you gotta think like so, so you see crazy. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So it's mm-hmm. like I just I just find that interesting when it comes to the art form of it, watching people like for some reason be so like taken aback that he's mm-hmm. still doing it at this age. And it's like, bro, if you got that that if you became that successful, got that rich, navigated the game that that well, right. you have nothing but additional perspective and game to give niggas in the form of whatever like whatever medium is yours. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And, so, and it I seems like he's funny. using every opportunity now to like give game. You know what I'm saying? And he's yeah. so honest. Fifty percent of t- Ducey is dead free. Um, hundred percent of title just busted up with my G's. Like he's mm-hmm. talking about all his equity ownership in all the companies that he's a part of. It's even more than that. He's really Major. he's really showing like the landscape of it all. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I own fifty fifty uh, percent of Rock Nation. You know what I'm saying? I'm using that as a like that's a that's a that's a space to like. Let let young, I'll say young black people, but I think like creatives in general, mm-hmm. um, to come in and like incubate their skills in a way that like when you when you walk up out these doors, you're gonna walk out like controlling your shit. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yep. Um, and I think like him saying like you know, hundred percent the title just to bust up with my G's. Like that's just that's some. I navigated myself to a place where I own some shit a hundred percent to make sure my niggas is getting paid the right way to make sure like. Yep. Like I'm just like I think it's I think it's just funny the way like this shit this shit has like this empire of a of Rock Nation and all that has been built because like stepping away from the fanfare of it all mm-hmm. it really is an institution you know what I'm saying mm-hmm, like yeah. it's an institution you see like how many millionaires and how many like um, how many people with influence have spawned from that and and gone on to create business for themselves employ others mm-hmm. and things like that like it really it really is an institution so i find that like that's probably more so what i'm a fan of right now is like because i think that like i think black people in particular are an institution and i think creatives are are an institution and, and the the definition of that institution is being like it's being reinvented being a creative is was so lofty before mm-hmm. it was like um Oh, you you're off with a canvas somewhere and like in Dreamland, you know what I mean, like doing mm-hmm. art or whatever. But now it's like yeah, sure. C- creativity is the um creativity has such a value proposition to it because that's all we have left now. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like if and, you and, go it, ahead. and they're pretty much and not even in the jet, but they 
that's what they want from us. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like they 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 look at our creativity as gold. Yeah. And we're not we're not taught to okay, now we're gonna get busy. All right. <laughs> so like we're not we're not taught to um like put like putting creating your own value proposition as a person is one thing mm-hmm. that we we need to learn. But creating your own value proposition as a creative is a is a byproduct of that, right? Mm. So like this shit really stems like from like that's why we're at this this point right now where like creative professionals are at a point of like frustration with like, you know, everybody feels like they're worth like that max contract. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's true. Because like the value is in is in what you can create because you know, there's nothing new under the sun. So if you can't bring a new ideology or a new way of like doing some shit that's like stems from your own personal uniqueness, mm-hmm. then your check is going to be smaller. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I think like, and that wraps up back around to the whole Jay-Z thing is I think like when you see that, you see what it means to be able to create, like build, build an empire to the point where you can um, give people their proper bag while they learn how to um, package themselves um, to, to, to negotiate the the type of bag they're worth. Yeah. Am I making sense? Mm. You make it sense. Um, At the same time, though, I think it's worth mentioning, I think it's worth consideration that Jay-Z's path to where he is now, um, you know, accidentally happenstance or whatever you call it, like he, he had always been in a position where he had to be independent you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't really start off with their legs like that Mm -hmm. you know they kind of get screwed over and they have all of these different experiences Mm -hmm. and then they're like you know what i might as well do this shit myself Mm -hmm. you know conversely Mm -hmm. his Mm -hmm. experience was i want to work with everybody Mm -hmm. nobody wants to fuck with me so Mm -hmm. that's a pride thing in a sense it's kind of the same thing so yeah i mean yeah but it's, it's it's interesting though so you know for for i mean we we have the benefit of now having like you know the internet or what have you, so people can do more of their independent grind or what have you. Mm-hmm. But his his true, true, true. his his route to independence was kind of like he was forced into that as opposed to he mm. fell into it and Whoa. was like, yo, I gotta learn. That's you be, know what I mean. I think like that's just so a, it's difficult. Is I'm just playing da like yeah, it's yeah, difficult yeah. for like you know to tell somebody like yo you should have all of this ownership and we're with all of this kind of mm-hmm. like my nigga like I didn't sell crack yeah I didn't yeah. have and they come in and with I didn't have so hundred grand so strong. you know what I'm saying I, I like grinding so deep like it's ill like that's like so a Dame Dash Dame Dame is ill to me you know but what he loves to preach that shit like he likes to preach that shit like you wasn't pumping G packs yeah yeah like you know what I'm saying like the average person got to go work a nine to five or figure out how to get bread well the way the way the reason that it's like that's a good point and and it's it's true too but i think that like what we have to look at is like their messaging is still important because whether motherfuckers want to take it in or not Mm. like independence is becoming the new standard the way that the that the that the workplace is modeled is changing you understand Mm -hmm. we're coming from like we're slowly finally we're moving away from um the thought process that stems from an industrialized economy. Okay. So the industrialized economy was formed like, you know, two years, 200 years ago when like, you know, they were, you know, we had factories and these type of things, right. Um, America became industrial and there's processes that fall within being in uh, industrial. You have like a, a, a guideline that you follow to make sure that, you know, whatever the fuck you're in a factory making gets made. 
and that procedure is massively communicated, widely communicated to the company at large, whatever factory you're fucking working in. And this is gonna be long, but it's gonna be a good point. Um, and you know, whatever factory you're you're working in, and you know, that's it. And you're managed by you know whatever two people at the top, right? Mm -hmm. And that same process got mirrored into the educational system, right? So you have you had students who were being like the the ideal the ideal situation was to create like people who would feed the economy well standing uh, citizens who would feed into the economy these same people are going to learn math uh reading uh science whatever the fuck else we're going to turn them back out and they're going to go work in factories there wasn't no like big american dream outside of these things right mm -hmm. so what you have is that like that thought process of that that, that formulaic thought process of how of organizational chart and how things work gets mirrored into the work the workplace the problem is we're in the new gig economy we're in the in, in the information age we're not in the industrial economy anymore you get what i'm saying so i say all that to say like that's why the value is in you know the creator and the idea which is why you see all these brands pushing that messaging now because people are realizing that but they don't understand the concept of it all so when you hear like a a Jay-Z or a Dame Dash or whoever is fucking rich and famous and they tell you you could do it by yourself and it's like, yeah, it's hard to take that in given the circumstances of what maybe they did to get that and, and how that doesn't apply to you. But the fact is, like, what, by 20, 2042 or some shit like that, 50% of the workplace will be freelance and contract. You understand what I'm saying? So you will be an independent. You get what I'm saying? So you still have to be able to work within that space and accomplish the same shit but you have to be independent. And what's even what's even like deeper than that is that's why I keep saying like talking about like value proposition is because because we'll be we'll be so freelance and contract oriented where where like it costs the companies less to say, okay, we can hire a contractor for two years, do the same damn job. We don't have to pay for insurance, all this other extra shit, and they can still do the job. They can work remotely, the internet's a motherfucker now. Like we don't have to even be in the same room. So you as a creator, and everybody's a creator, whether you're a doctor, whether you're an architect, an architect and a painter have the same are both a creative. It's just a different canvas. You understand what I'm saying? You're still making something. You have to bring that to whatever it is that your job function is because you have to create value outside of having the same degree and the same skill set or whatever as the other 50 million however people that are applying for the same shit. Right. So that's why you got to think about so, being independent that way it still applies, you know what I'm so, saying? So so in that vein, right? How does now that you said that um you know over half of the the workforce going forward is going to be um uh contract work, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to mm -hmm. be an independent contract contractor. Mm -hmm. How does one now vet, you know, who to give this money to? Is it just all based on cultural resonance? And then an addendum to that, how does one create cultural resonance and at the same um, resonance and at the same time create credibility for themselves? So the first question was from like the company standpoint. Yeah. How does that? How do they like? How do they hire people who are yeah, qualified? Yeah, like like what, what what would be the rubric at that point? Um, I don't know. I think that's still being designed. To be honest, uh, I could I could like bullshit an answer, but I think that that's still that 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 rubric is still being created. I think that right now, that's why like we've seen like at first it was about skill set, right? It was about what's on your resume, what's on your portfolio, what can you prove that you have done? You know, references, whatever, right? Um, 
Now, if we're just talking about um, like culturally, right? Um, if you're dealing in a space where, <laughs> well, honestly, excuse me, it's not culturally because like I've seen influencers that are like travel nurses and shit. It's like weird. It's like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's not even an entertainment based thing, but we saw like an era where your value could be, um, was, 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 was quantified by, you know, followers and engagement and not, well, not even engagement yet, but like followers and shit like that. Right. Mm -hmm. So we saw a space where it kind of got, went away from, you know, are you actually like, do you have a track record at this thing that you are, are trying to make money off of or claiming an expertise, um, level of understanding of, do you have a track record? What's your report card look like? Like where are the receipts if we went from that to, um, appearance took the place of accomplishment. You know what I'm saying? So now we're seeing like the the clash of like, okay, even the companies are smartening up now and understanding like, all right, you may look like you're doing this, that, and the third. You might look like you have a lot of followers, but what is the actual engagement like here? Are people actually responding to what you do? Yeah. Or does it just look like you have an audience? Mm. Um, can you actually do this job that you're positioning yourself to to be to be an authority in? Can you actually do this shit? Or, or do you just look like it? Because like now, now it's not worth it to us to just spend a shit ton of money to 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 say you're the face of this or doing this or whatever. Because like there's a there's a shit ton of people who say that. You know what I mean? Like what where is the value here? So we're seeing that clash where that appearance shit um, is starting. Not it, it still has value. Like right. people still go for it, it's but it's not the same. Right so now. I think right. the rubric where you say this rubric, like where do companies like see? you know, where there's like, how to like pick out the talent. I think that they have to e either, it's all about where the company stands. What do you want? You know what I'm saying? Do you, are you, it, it depends on need because some of it is just appearance based and access to an audience. So you can just go for whoever kind of just looks like they're doing some shit. Um, some of it is like really skill set driven. Like, I don't care how many fucking followers you have. If you say you're a surgeon, you better know how to cut somebody open the right way or we're going to get sued like shit. Like, that doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then maybe you're looking for someone who's in the in, who's who's in between. You know, as you see a lot of media companies doing, like, they have a lot of writers and people who have, like, a, a big following, things like yeah. that. But they better be good at, like, like look at Jinx, for, for instance. Right? Like, Jinx has a lot of followers. I guess you would, quote, unquote, consider him an influencer, right? But he knows what the fuck he's doing. He's actually You know what I'm right, saying? Right, right. So it depends on, 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 on the industry and what these these like uh these institutions or companies are actually looking for and i think to 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 end it all off i don't want to like ramble but i think that like we're also in a space where you have a choice as a professional right where you can completely just be like i've seen a girl who does real estate right and um I mean, she's fine as hell. Like, she has a million followers based off of how she looks. I'm sure she got up on there talking about real estate and all this other shit. Like, that uh, niggas don't... No, what, people just wouldn't really care like that. Not saying that she's not knocking her know-how and ability, but right, yeah. let's just be honest. Like, so... 30 years fixed? It, you, you know, you know, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, people are just kind of... She's cute, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, yeah. but she has the choice where if she wants to try to use that platform that 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 she does have to everybody got to buy a house or not everybody has to buy a house right. but like a lot of people got to buy a house or looking for homes so right yeah now. so you can take that and like 
you can build your own like a, a small economy off of that, your own direct to consumer situation off of that. Or you can just be a normal motherfucking person and you go and show houses during the day and for whatever reason, like people just love looking at you because you're super pretty and that could just be that too. So you have a you have a choice. There's there's ways to win at both, but the authenticity behind what you're saying you represent, if it goes past just surface level uh bullshit whether like like cars and and going to parties and being like of that person if it goes past that and you're claiming uh, expertise or knowledge uh, about something and you're looking to make bread off of that now we're at the point where it's like that whatever you're speaking about that's got to be valid because everybody right. knows better be credible so that's kind of where it's at and i want to stay on independence for a little bit mm. a little bit longer and um <clears throat> Question I actually have posed for both of you guys, because mm -hmm. I'm gonna let the head out the bag. Oh shit. Both of you guys make music, right? <laughs> um Independence is such an interesting thing, right? Because we all glamorize it and whatnot. Mm -hmm. We all like, you know, romanticize it. Mm -hmm. Um at the same time, these labels are out here giving 360 deals and people are taking them still, right? Mm -hmm. And this is what Hove is definitely attesting in the last verse and he's always been have this rhetoric of like you know um these 260 deals is garbage at the same time how do you teach somebody coming from a certain condition or not even a certain condition or somebody who's on a mission to really take care of their family to not take that upfront half a million or a hundred k or a million dollars but not to not give up their masters for the next five to ten years like how do you how how would we be able to like recondition the community to sacrifice the four or five years, ten years of hard work to to put themselves in a position to be able to monetize off their own work and own their work and not take that on for on from back up front back. Or is there a way to creatively um leverage what the labels is, leverage actually giving up your ownership for a, a longer play. Like sometimes you have to do that too. You have to be creative. I right. think I think the solution really is just like I don't think and and this is the thing I think people look at these this messaging about independence and if we're talking specifically about music and like kind of just like you got to look at things from like a, a bird's eye view and I think it's more so about like there's nothing wrong with taking the 360 deal there's nothing wrong with like if you have a situation where where somebody is offering you money to invest in your shit there's nothing wrong with that I'm pretty sure I'm almost positive I've read somewhere that uh, Cole's deal was was a 360 deal. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So like, but it's more so about being cognizant of what you're what you're doing. Like, don't go. The dream is to get a record deal. The dream is to you know what I'm saying? Like, those, yeah. that's things that everybody grew up on. So like, but know what you're signing. Like, understand intellectual property. Understand what what you're signing over. So that way you can navigate those water a little bit. Those waters a little bit better because you're gonna create. You're gonna come up with shit. You're gonna you're gonna make music. You're gonna make movies or whatever, right? But right. like, just don't don't go for that deal, just because you know, the money up front looks so great. Like, just understand you're making a play, a, long, a, a it's a long game. And I think that's the conversation that's being had in general. Like, don't go for that, you know, um, don't, don't, don't just take a good salary and, 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 and bite in, in like, okay, I'm good now. And then calm down. Yeah. No, this is, now you can save, you can invest in, in whatever it is that you're doing and turn up. But, the, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's all the yeah. same stuff, but you just can't look at, a lump sum of investment or a lump sum of money or a, a, a big opportunity 
and settle on the fact that like that's there because yeah. that well will run out. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I can get it. my chains now yeah. and it's lit. Yeah, fuck I, all of that. I think, um, man, I think it's multi-layered. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I'll even harken back to Def's point where he's talking about, he just kind of snuck it in there talking about education. Like, I don't think we understand the nature of agreements, you know, mm-hmm. and what what each party is responsible for, you mm-hmm. know? Like a 360 deal, I I don't pers- I personally don't have a problem with a 360 deal if the mm. person that's presenting it to me has the infrastructure to support it. Like mm-hmm. mm. if you if you're the type of person if you if you're if I step into a let's say I'm popping, right? You know mm-hmm. I got a record that's spinning, you know what I'm saying? And um you know they're looking at me like, "You know what? You got a good uh catalog of work and um you know we want to invest in you." So, here's this deal and then the deal is kind of like, "Yo, if you get a movie deal, we get a little piece of that. If you get t-shirts mm-hmm. popping, merch, mm-hmm. everything. And it's kind of like, all right, cool. But that this this looks great. Like, I don't have a problem breaking bread. But mm-hmm. it's kind of like, you can't present this contract to me. Tell me what you're getting. But you don't have the inter- infrastructure to put me in rooms mm-hmm. where... That you, you couldn't know, put yourself in. Yeah, right. like, because yeah. that's the thing. Like, that's the deal. Like, if, I, if I'm... if Personally, if I'm making somebody sign a 360 deal, because mm-hmm. that's, that's essentially, like... All management deals are kind of like 360 deals, mm-hmm. really. You know, you're, you're giving somebody mm-hmm. a percentage to mm-hmm. represent you in rooms that you can't really get in yourself. Mm-hmm. But record companies, they don't have infrastructure. They don't really know what to do with people. They just kind of want the the click, the, the quick money from, from like the single or whatever. And they don't have the infrastructure to be able to be like, oh, if you have merch, we know a great t-shirt company where you could print your shit up and have your distribution. We know this. We, we have a relationship with this um this movie production studio. Mm-hmm. So you'll you'll kind of be like on a on a list of, you know, first right of refusal for these type of roles or what have you. And I think it's disrespectful to even present stuff like that. Cause it's like you can't you can't ask me for a piece of something that don't ask me for don't ask me for a percentage of something that you ain't bring to the table. I don't you even know, know like, if that's it's, ass. I don't know if it's that they don't have the infrastructure. I think that it's about like um the in- the, the intention of the team working within that infrastructure because yeah. these buildings like they have contacts they have like they're able to you know they're able to put you in situations where you can do brand collaborations and shit like that like that's where these things come from like a lot of these people you got to pull back the smoke and mirrors and pull back like the pull back the curtain on this shit like a lot of these people aren't necessarily you know they might be creative but they're not the they're not like like this shit is not they're not just getting these shots off by themselves. Yeah. So I think that the, the the companies, you know, the record the record labels or whatever, they have the infrastructure, but that doesn't mean that they have the um the um the taste level and the um the vision, right? That's what you're supposed to bring as an artist. That's what you mm. like I want people to start looking at like people so, fiend over mm-hmm. like like entertainment so much and athletes and, and artists that mm-hmm. get like, like music artists. I want people to start like the same way they chop up game over like how these people are moving. I really want people to start like applying that to their own shit because it's the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like the same thing that a company offers up to say like, okay, we're going to pay you this and give you this much latitude and these much incentives or whatever, you know, they're, they're offering you these things because of what you can bring to the table. Now Absolutely. understand that like what you bring to the table is probably going to make them a shit ton more money than what you're you're going to get. You know, it's not like and that and that's the fight we're fighting now is like you have to find ways 
and it's all loops in, whether it's a 360 deal with an artist or a person, you know, uh, signing on at a new company as an employee or getting a contract or whatever. You have to look at yourself as an individual identity and say, OK, like what I'm bringing to the table is worth this. Mm -hmm. Right. They are offering me the resources, the manpower, the connections to 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 take what I'm naturally able to do and magnify it, which in turn will make will make them somewhere in this X amount of money, right? Mm -hmm. Understand that you're not worth your salary. You're worth what you made them. Mm. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm. And it's up to you to learn how to like build structure around that for yourself mm. and package it. So when you go to, because ain't nothing, none of these, wherever you're employed or whatever you're doing, you have to look at it like a contract. That's like, true. yeah, you might you might take a job somewhere, right? But look at it like a two-year contract. Most people don't stay nowhere these days, not our generation anyway. Nobody's staying anywhere longer than two years, right? So look at it like that. Like, all right, like, these are the wins that I have to get for me, right? And based off of these wins, the, 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 the money, the revenue that's predicated off these wins is how much my value is. Understand that when I'm moving to this place and this place and this place mm -hmm. and make that regular conversation when you're, when you're negotiating. Mm -hmm. because you we need to get used to to looking at our um and this is where the whole and i'm sure we'll go into this, this is where the whole culture economics thing comes from is we need to look we need to be able to identify the um the actual like in, impact on the bottom line of an industry or a company or of a company within an industry right mm -hmm. we need to look at the bottom line what 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 we're bringing to the table that's impacting that bottom line you understand what I'm saying? Mm. Because that's how mm. that's how you learn to create the actual value proposition for you. So that's why everybody's looking at these things like, man, I'm making working all these hours doing all this shit. And mm. Jeff Bezos is like right. the right. most richest person in the world. It's like, yeah, because they pay you on your values you bring in. Right? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And you have to understand what that is beyond like not hourly, they actually pay not, you. Not not hourly, not yearly. Like mm. you have to understand, like, if you're in a position where your thought process and mm. what you're able to do and bring to the table actually permeates through the what the company is delivering mm. you my friend need to understand how to how to how to how to quantify how to quantify that and break it down mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and that alone is the difference between you making fifty thousand and fucking millions fucking millions you know what i'm saying but but we're not used to having those conversations because we're again we're used to looking at ourselves or we're taught to look at ourselves as a cog in the wheel that organizational chart, mm -hmm. that industrial mindset. Right, right. No, this is the information age, right. new gig economy. Like if you have the information and if even better, you know how to take that information and make it something that's implementable, mm -hmm. that creates value, then you there's a different type of bag you need to be talking about. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> you over here killing these chips. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and that, and that, but that's that's where we're at as as a as a as a as a um as a population, as millennials mm -hmm. specifically, and as a as a culture. Mm. It's like, yo, like you see like this this wealth talk is a regular thing. Mm -hmm. This this ownership talk is a regular thing mm -hmm. now. You know what I'm saying? Before it was about like Believing in your ideas and believing that you could, you know, you could be an, you could, you could be impactful and shit. Like that's why everybody was on the internet. Like, yo, I can start my own business because we all we had the tools. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Now it's like, all right, cool. Understand though, like, what what you're worth and how to talk about it in the right way. Mm -hmm. And that's where we are right now. We're going against 
we've spent a lifetime learning to 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 not look at ourselves as an individual entity. Mm-hmm. We st- we spent our lives learning how to like move as a group. I have a question on that too. You real get me? Quick. That um, I have a theory about the fact that millennials are now starting to build and start their own platforms, right? Mm-hmm. So I do believe part of it is due to the timing we're in mm-hmm. and the power of the internet yeah. and we're able to really empower ourselves to monetize different things. Yeah. But I also believe is the fact that a lot of these baby boomers, older generation, have not evolved from their job titles and are not giving it up. All respect to Funkmaster Flex. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Super integral for the culture. Mm-hmm. So much value, but he's what, 45 plus? Potentially probably maybe around 50. Yeah. Why does he still have the number one s- slot right now when there's 16, 17 year olds that are running culture and mm-hmm. radio? Mm-hmm. I feel like people, like I have homegirls who start in, you know, uh, uh, agencies, touring companies, music shows, and they're fucking sweating and grinding, just trying to get to the next level, trying to find ways to monetize, trying to find ways to evolve these platforms. Because, but really, I know deep down that if these, if a if a major institution, if a Def Jam, if a, a iHeart, let them eat, yeah. so they can have motherfucking health insurance. Yeah. Right. They would take it, but a lot of these baby boomers, people in the older generation, are not giving up. They're no. not saying they're giving up their roles, but haven't evolved from their roles. So we're in this space where we got to fucking fend for ourselves. So we yeah. got to go start our own shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the reasons DS was really created is because I got turned off from every label I yeah. ever applied to. You know yeah. what I mean? I got turned off from every agency. Yeah. Boom, boom, like, yo, fuck it. I might as well. You know what I'm saying? Even yeah. though I knew I had the know how, I didn't have the, mm-hmm. you know, the the college, you know, education or the, 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 um, the um the, the structure type of thing, but there's many people who do who still haven't gotten that opportunity. But then there's fews that slip in. You know what I mean? The Julian Mitchells, yeah. the Rashad, the Boom that are able to like open doors and be gatekeepers to you know different individuals or whatnot. But it's like a lot of us are not getting in position because there's somebody whose whose position has definitely uh, who've outgrown their position mm-hmm. that's not giving it up. You know what I'm saying? So is that more is is so. That's my theory, though. That's yeah, my theory. but is that more on the um, on the end of, you know, there's just this one position. It's like this grail that you got to reach, or do we have to spend time like really conditioning people to accept, to to give that type of um, because Funk Flex is ill, right? He's ill as, as an example, right? But the only reason he's ill like that is because we kind of look at him as like an authority figure and he's built that credibility over 30 years. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of, my question is like, do we have to learn how to um, retrain our audience to accept that type of energy from other individuals? What do you mean? Like the, just the general, so if we, if we like, you know, for, so we want Dev to be like, you know, the number one writer in like the world, right? <laughs> but like, let's say, you know, person X so. is like the number one writer, right? And that, if everybody looks at it like, oh, Dev should unseat him. In my mind, it should be like, not unseat that person. Like that person could be where they're at, but we just got to, you know, train people to look at. No, so here's my point. There's, all like this, there's, a, there's a spot for everybody. Like Flex can still do that, but there's also many different mediums now. Like there's different channels, there's different podcasts. You I, I can think, create your own. That as you as you evolve and you grace older or whatnot, I think there's different pockets of business which you can do. Like you can evolve, like you can you know you can evolve in a different space. But when it comes for that prime time, um, 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 
media mm. spot that is totally targeted for a certain demographic, there should be somebody that can speak that language more clearly I think, that's from this generation. Mm, I think that that's a great example, by the way, too. That's a real good example. But I, and I think it's, it's just kind of like, again, again, I think it's so important for people to look at these circumstances and mirror it to like the shit you're actually dealing with, right? Everybody has a funk flex. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. At their job. Sorry, Flex, to use you, know you as a... <laughs> you know, shout out to Flex. Like, yeah, it ain't word. even that. You know yeah, what I mean? Word. word. I um, remember the, the Jay-Z Superman's Alive. Uh, I was listening mm-hmm. to that. Fire. So don't, don't be mad. Like, <laughs> I, know you, I know you out there listening to that. No, I think that every, like, everybody has a funk flex. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Again, like, that is a generation. That is the same thing as whoever's been working at Verizon for 30 years. Word. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's the same thing. We're looking at a generation that was trained to, like, get in a space and do a thing for however long, and they have, like, seniority and tenure. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. what Flex is doing is no different than what somebody's dealing with, you know, like I said, at Verizon or uh, somewhere in, like, I don't know, um, for, like, Adidas or whoever. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right, there's right. that in every situation, right? So... <clears throat> what we're dealing with and like when you say like you know people shouldn't look at that as the as the holy grail yeah. and like everybody can operate in this space that's not true because everybody doesn't have the infrastructure and the resources this person does who has been sitting in the same spot well past when they you know maybe should be occupying that space and they'll turn around and they'll say oh well get like me take my position which mm. is creates that whole thing where you feel like you got to take that position mm. but it's bullshit to say that because it's like well i can't do that outside of the institution that is making it so i can't reach your position mm. you know what i'm saying like you i might have to destroy the institution yeah you know what i'm saying like and you got to look like we're talking about like a person who is <clears throat> flex's show is probably like syndicated and people hear it True. on however many hundreds of stations across the globe and shit like that right so you can't tell uh uh a dude who's like an up-and-coming radio personality like yeah shoot for that and it's like, yeah, I got the internet at my disposal and shit like that. That's cool, but so do a whole bunch of other people. Mm. And like, I I gotta work. Um, you know what I'm saying? Right. And I got like four hours a night to do this shit. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I it's gotta just, pay my bills. It's just not the same. Right. And like, and I wanna I wanna sidebar. I wanna take the chance to ho- hopefully like kind of go back and address some of the spaces that I've worked in and 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 the work I've done because it lead, it lends to this conversation. Absolutely. I don't think I've really been a, done a good job of like kind of explaining what the fuck it is I do. Yeah, we can get <laughs> uh, to it. Absolutely. But um but I say that to say like so that's why, you know, these these people in this older in the in the baby boomer generation, that's why, you know, that's the disconnect. Is they they imagine imagine you spend uh, your whole life working in this industry, in this one function, right, of a job, right? And to your own credit, you've paid your dues and done your shit and you've been broke and whatever, right? And you know what I mean? And, and these were the rules you had to play by. This was the expectation you that was set for you and you in turn set for yourself. I'm going to do this thing for a year. This is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? To turn around, first of all, every market is shaky. Every job uh, market is shaky, especially if we're talking about entertainment. So it's like if I'm if I'm locked in and I got babies and shit and a mortgage or whatever and I'm locked in, I don't give a fuck about what uh this little like twenty something year old is saying right. about like, oh, he should have a chance too. Like, oh well, well, I earn my tenure mm-hmm. in this shit and I have more shit to pay for than mm-hmm. you can even fathom right now. Mm, you're you're worried about like um 
your 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 potential based off my uh, as a, as compared to my track record and mm -hmm. that's not a conversation that I'm going to have and I can understand why somebody who's in their 40s and 50s will feel that way on the sec on the other hand you you can definitely we all know what it feels like to be the young gun and it's like yo I see the way this shit is moving and the way it's going and like we missing these targets because this person I can't even get them to help me make a decision and do things the right way the person who can move the needle ain't listening and won't get the fuck out the way. You know what I'm saying? So it's like that disconnect is happening. And unfortunately, and I don't say this to to get us down on ourselves as a as a as a as a population, as millennials, right? But we are we have the gift and the curse of being at the forefront of a generational shift and a and a across across the country true, true. where the ideology is changing and what work looks like is changing like can mm. you imagine like there's some of us arguing with our bosses like yo just let me work from home my nigga like i yeah. got the internet and they're like no be here from nine to five and and we all know that don't make no sense but yeah. they're stuck in a mindset yeah. so like you know at, at it sucks but we're at the forefront like these conversations are just being had conversations about black wealth are just being had like conversations about like ownership and independence and what it means to build your own world not even just as a creative but just as a person and a professional right mm -hmm. are just being had this will be the reality for our children mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying True. so so we yeah. have to settle in and that's what i mean like when people say like oh it's for the culture is it because if it's for the culture, you got to be okay with not receiving the wins right. that you're trying to get. You know what I'm saying? That was a bar. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, that's real. And yeah. when we say for the culture, like, let's think bigger than, like, it's bigger than, than hip-hop culture. You know what I'm saying? It's big. Like, that is us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's, like, when we say for the it's for it's literally, like, the culture of being a fucking, like, adult person yeah. in this, like, new time. This is a, we are a culture, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And that's why shit is so fucked up and weird. <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm saying? Because yeah. it's a transitional space and growing pains hurt like a bitch. That's Definitely. Yo, Zoo always to... said that, um, look, Zoo always said that our kids are going to reap the benefits of yeah. all this shit. Yeah. Look at really what us. our parents had to do. Our parents yeah. worked the same. My job, my mom had the same. I think my grandma worked at Verizon for 40 years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, Bell Atlantic them times. Huh? Bell Atlantic them times, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Back then, yeah. yeah. That like, pension bag about to be lit, though. It's not. It's really uh, not. And she's like working again, you know what I'm saying? Which uh, is a whole nother conversation. Uh, but like she did that and my mom was able to like, she's done the same thing. She's been like a director of human resources for I don't even fucking know how long, right? Uh, and done that. But that, but those doing that, her her child is 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 reaping the benefits of having a, a choice yeah. and making a decision absolutely. on how I want my my life and my professional my interactions. We have to choices. Be. You're right, and we making more money than them. Exactly, they gifted us with to some of us. Yeah, the yeah the the numbers say otherwise, man. Right, right. We, we the brokest. Uh, yeah, that's generation. because of the economy. Yeah, <laughs> that's because of the economy. But Let Instagram like, tell it. Everybody got it. Yo. But how many directors and VPs at 28 were they seeing back then? Of color. You know what I'm saying? That's true. Uh, and That's of color. That's you know what I'm saying? Point. Like yeah, yeah, what yeah. Amber Grimes is what? Like uh, yep. VP of some shit at at, at Capital now. Yep. Yep. Uh Siobhan is uh uh she's VP of like uh youth culture at um at Instagram. Instagram. Monica yep. is a director of marketing at, at um mm -hmm. at popular demand. Like people have these roles that usually yep. take people 10, 20 years to get to. Yeah. So it's like, you know, we call the alley right. you. And exactly. the ones behind us are gonna catch a crazier alley. -oop. They're gonna be talking to us like, man, whatever. Like I'm making half a million. Like damn, I remember when I was I was happy about making 90, 90 100 k. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, I mean, if we want to be technical, the uh, inflation rate might. Yeah, I mean, might, I'm, 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 I'm wild. I'm wild. <laughs> but you get the concept, yeah. though. 
But one one thing I I, I do want to um touch on is um you know you 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 definitely have this ill concept that you presented to me a, a couple of weeks ago um, mm -hmm. called culture nomics. Right. You know what I'm saying? I want you to kind of touch on that. Mm -hmm. You know, tell us what 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 that's about. I like and, that. Um, you know the the. Uh, the ethos, right? And then, and then touch on the work you've done because people got to hear that about you know your expertise in in, in, mm -hmm. the, in the different in the culture space. Uh huh. Um, okay, so culture nomics. Uh, yeah. So culture nomics is this um this uh, editorial series that I'm doing. Um, I'm gonna launch it probably next year in February. Bye. Um, might turn into a book. I don't know. I'm just gonna treat it like a living document manifesto kind of deal, right? Mm. But um, culture nomics base basically the idea came from like. You know, as a creative, like I just get inspired by like the 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 era and the times that we live through. Mm -hmm. And right now, we we you know we're living we're we're like I said, we're talking about like black wealth so much, and like um, and we're talking about uh, ownership so much, and we're like we're talking about like our as a people, our economic influence on the shit, the billion trillion dollar industries that are pop culture and stem from pop culture across sports entertainment, um, uh, music, uh, you name it, like all these things, like there are, there's so much money being made and we're never really paid or invested in as a people comparable to, to the revenue we drive. Right. Mm -hmm. So the relation between the re relationship between like, um, a group's, the relationship between a, a, a group's, um, habits and preferences, um, as it relates to, um, economic, um, revenue and impact mm -hmm. is called cultural economics. It's actually a field of study. That's what people, you know, people, you can go get a degree for that. Mm. So I didn't know that. Right. But, um, I, you know, throughout my career, I've, 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 you know, kind of harped on, you know, our economic value and things like that. So I naturally was looking up these words together, culture and economics, and just looking at different studies and whatever other people were saying about it. Right. Mm. And that's when I can't, I saw that it was an actual field of study and I'm like, Oh shit. Okay. So let me dig into this. So I kind of started reading some more and that's where the inspiration came from. And I was like, yo, you know what? Like all this information, like people, we're, we're, we're talking about pushing the culture forward, but we don't know what that actually means tangibly mm -hmm. and how long it might take. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And I was like, and somebody has to make this shit digestible to us because this information is out there, but niggas is not reading Bloomberg and, you know, not reading the Forbes list unless it's like hip hop cash kings or sure. like whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this, but this info was out there, and these people who are con who are controlling these industries know these things. You understand what I'm saying? So like, culturenomics was it. It became a thing where I was like, I want to like break down what it means to push culture forward from an economic mm. space, right? So what do we need to be talking about? We need to be talking about like. Um, what it means to reverse education because education is broken. We're learning the wrong way. So before we even move forward as a people, we got to talk about what we're being fed, you know, from right. the age of five on up. Um, we have to look at like controlling our narrative because the media game has become like we're, we've, we've, the line has become blurred between what a journalist is and what a blogger is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, you know, we're being fed information that we deem as valid because of the spaces that it's coming from mm -hmm. because of the platform that it's coming from. We respect, we respect the fader and a complex or whatever, because that's what we came up on as the cultural authority. Yeah. But we don't like there, these places aren't all hiring people who like it, like that actually are trained 
to tell these stories and like be investigative that's and 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 live by an actual professional code that like they can't you know do shit that's like not in integral. Like people are taking money to write articles and shit. Hey, yo, you're not supposed to do that. But what happens wow. when the institution that you're within takes that? So like I think the like black people make up like five percent of the newsrooms in the nation. Mm. We're but we're about to be black and brown people are about to be um make up what like uh, uh i want to say 37 percent of the population within like by like 2024 or something like that mm -hmm. right so how are we making up the vast majority of the country right and how are we are how is our, our 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 thought process and the shit that we do just naturally you know that's what that's what pop culture is in america right but we're not the ones telling our own stories mm -hmm. that's how like um that's how um, stereotypes get perpetuated and things like that, and it trickles down. And we actually consume that shit and think that's what we are, right? Um, and, and and we also have to look at um, uh, economic freedom a different way, right? So we look at economic freedom as this thing that you have to be like a rich, wealthy celebrity to have, mm. and that's not true. Economic freedom is being able to do what whatever it is that it, economic need. Economic freedom is relative. It's about being able to do what it is you want to do, whether that's traveling, whether that's sitting at home on your ass. Yeah. Like, it's about being able to do what you want to do and also not worry about if you're going to be able to afford to live. Right. That's all that is. We don't, you don't have to be rich to be economically free. True, true. You know what I'm saying? So it's those things. It's education, learning about um, controlling our narrative and, and, mm -hmm. and, and reversing the definition of, or reversing our understanding of the definition of economic freedom. Mm -hmm. And from there, you know, much more dialogue, you know, stems from those, right? And there will be articles to come. But that's basically like, that's the that's the ethos of it all. Is I think that when we talk about who we are as an institution, specifically Black people, who we are as it relates to our economic impact on institutions mm -hmm. that, like, you know, export around the world, is a conversation. And understanding that we need to stop like worshiping the shit that we see on screen as if that's freedom, because it's not like we can all be free. It's just about like learning how to manage our, our money What's and free? manage our expectations, right? Yeah, that's and fact. and that's where like the whole thought process comes. I always together. look at so. cats like Diddy. I'm like, yo, is is accomplished? <clears throat> like some people have like a like a like Trav has a CEO gene, right? Yeah, like you know what I'm saying. He's good at like you know identifying talent, mm -hmm. and he can like you know help. Take care Cultivate of people, it. you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Put a couple of dollars in my pocket this year. Player. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um, you know, but but at the same time though, it's like I look at uh, at that same time, like that can still be a um I don't want to say a prison because that's that's the wrong term, but it's mm -hmm. like that type of debit not everybody can carry because like a Diddy, Diddy has a multinational corporation, right? But Diddy can't turn off Diddy. Right. Right, like his 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 girl passed away, and he had to keep going. He still had to keep going. Right, you oh, this is great. Oh, let's do this. This is great. Yeah, Please. you know what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I can't wait to talk. <laughs> he's, so, he's so married. He's so like that's that's probably one of the parts that we don't talk about when when it's mm -hmm. like, you know, cultural um, mm -hmm. your 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 cultural footprint or what have you to to get paid or whatever. Yeah. Like, Diddy doesn't have the luxury of being able to turn off Diddy, yeah. mm -hmm. whereas kind of Hove he can. Get passive, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like I, I think that's a, I think that's like a different debit mm -hmm. on, on. Well, we're we talking, we're just talking about the, the, um, the structural economics of mm -hmm. it all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What's your thoughts on that? 
Um, I think, yeah, and I think that's also the danger of people like wanting to be mm. like influencers and shit like that, mm. right? It's because like, and that's why me and you was having a conversation the other day, right? Me, you, and um, and Dot, I think, yeah, Dot, well, and Dot um, was well, Dot was not, but uh, <laughs> shout out, shout out to Dot, the Jamie called him, <laughs> called him lacking, hit him in the chin. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was um, but you know, Dot was telling me and Franz later when we kind of were talking too, they was like, yo, you like, cause I don't really go places, like I don't really like. And this kind of lends into the conversation about my work, right? But like, you know, I, you know, over the last year, like I've suffered from like, you know, kind of being like exclusionary, right? And because like, I see that people are, you know, people are just falling for the trap of like building um, value that's predicated off, again, appearance. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, once you st once you feed that monster, you got to keep feeding the monster yep. because the and more and more that the income is dependent upon oh. um, the audience reception to you, mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. becomes less about the work. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And the work is honestly the only thing that you can actually control because yeah. niggas can decide you corny in a minute. Exactly. You know what I'm you saying? You can say the wrong thing. Yeah. And, and now you're, done you're for. written, you're canceled. You know what I'm saying? Look you're what happened to, uh, to, um, what's homeboy name? Um, Mark Lamont. Dead. That you, wasn't even the example I was thinking bro. of, but <laughs> hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like, I say that, I say that to say like, names, when I look at a, a Diddy or whatever, and, and rightfully so also like he's, his, his shit is so much more about entertainment that yeah, you're going to be like the focal point or whatever. Yeah, 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 wilding the fuck out. You know what I'm saying? But like, um, that's the danger of it. Mm -hmm. So you have to learn how to like create that value without it. And, and and this is just how I personally feel like for me, for my sanity, create value. That's not predicated off of who I'm, who I am, mm -hmm. who I'm with or seen next to. And like exactly the, the, the applause that it gets. Mm -hmm. Right. Bars. I, I can't, I can't, and that, I can't do that because at that point, like, I lose control over what makes the money. You know what I'm saying? Because then I have to become a character. I have to be like, yep. I have to be all in the camera, all in the videos. Yep, yep. You know what I'm saying? And then while that, there, there's probably value to that. Like, you know, people have been telling me for a while to do a podcast and stuff like that. Because, you know, maybe, maybe I should, you know, actually speak on these things in a way that's beyond the paper. Right. Yeah. Um, but like, it's so important to create value based off of your off of how you deliver. Yep. Not what it looks like. You get me? Mm -hmm. Because that's when that shit gets a little hazy. And you compare him to a Jay-Z who like I think that Jay-Z's like Hold on. I'm I'm going to find the word. I think Jay-Z's um the way that he's interwoven himself into the actual like um DNA of the music industry is a bit different. Um, I think that like there's so much like there's so much that functions because of Jay Z. Like that Rockefeller chain means everything. So Jay Z, that's the word I'm looking for. That Jay Z, Jay Z's cultural real estate is larger. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. just by even having a Rockefeller chain, like you've been knighted. Right, you know, in the culture, that's like getting a, that's like getting an NFL team for like rich billionaires. Like you get an NFL team, you're like, yeah, you're right. That's, you're you're that's, knighted. You know that's what I'm the saying? Way of knighted yeah. billionaires. You feel me? Right. So like, I think like Jay Z has a has a bigger cultural real estate, which allows for him to like fall back 
and not have to like you know he's not doing and there's no knock to, to to puff or anybody but like you don't see jay-z doing like club appearances and like mm. this type of stuff you know what i'm saying like and i don't think like and i don't know i'm not in this man's books but i, I don't think that he's rapping because he has to I think that there's a certain like again that cultural real estate has to be maintained. You got to maintain them acres. You know what I'm saying? You still got to water them, them them fields. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So yeah, he might have to pop out and give us a, a what's free verse. Based right. on our melanin, I think fields is a poor choice of words. <laughs> true, true. You have to you have to maintain your harvest. Thank you. you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for calling me out on that. Um, I felt it was wrong when it was coming up, but I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to roll. <laughs> but, you know, so I think his cultural real estate is, is deeper, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. So he can he don't have to be much of a, you know, he don't have to force it. Yeah. And that's kind of the way that I've been trying to navigate my career. Is like I see, man, I see like these, I, I just, people don't really seem happy, man. Like people mm-hmm. seem like they're not really like, they 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 are so entrenched in you know delivering the the right. appeal for what it is they do and the operate in the spaces they move in and operate in mm-hmm. that like they're not like like the work isn't isn't where they get the juice from anymore yeah yeah and this is I can only assume I'm not I don't you know what I mean I'm not in anybody's head yeah. but like you know so like I don't really see the value in sweat in being at such and such as event or this panel or whatever because like. I, I really, I truly believe that those things are less about what's being done at these events and more about the who's who of who's there. Mm-hmm. And while I might be taking a hit on the networking stance, I don't feel like I'm at a point in my career where if there's somebody that I need to reach that I can't, you right. know, get right. to them. That's because you've put in the actual work. Right. You know what I mean? Right. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't um, um, shake hands to, um, to, to, on the, to the way up. You've put in... Sweat equity. Exactly, sweat equity. And I, is, and I feel like it's like a... When I say cultural real estate, like that's what I'm worried about. Mm-hmm. I want acres and acres of acres in, of land in this in this culture, based right. off of what I've done. So that way, I don't have to, you know. And and I and 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 to be all the way transparent, like I I want some of that shit too. Like I want to, you know, who who doesn't want a little bit of like, right. you know, uh, respect and adulation for their work? And I get that, you mm-hmm. know what I mean. When I put new pieces out or whatever, like whether it's articles or shit I produce, like I get the love, I get the DMs from the kids and stuff, and that's cool. But like, yeah, like. I just don't want to I, I, I just I just don't want to focus so hard on like making myself a brand. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because like at the end of the day, all that shit is like we all know how to like if you're really smart, you know how to make that and like and choose what kind of press you do and like create this this way for yourself. Like yep. we could do that and I and I think it's a it's a gift and a curse because mm-hmm. I see it and I can't like enjoy things the same no more right you know what i'm saying because like and i don't want that to be mm-hmm. what me and my work turns into because i've seen what i, I like and i guess we'll talk about my work history like i've seen mm-hmm. you know my shit hit culture and stretch and i've seen you know i've been able to be in spaces where i can like you know being able to put somebody in black enterprise means something mm-hmm. you know what i mean but it has to mean something coming because it's from me too right, right. so i can't you know Mm-hmm. I can't just be out here doing whatever and, and being anywhere and like I don't want to be a character and I'm still trying to learn how to like create like whatever this is and communicate it like when I and for those listening I'm like pointing at myself like I'm trying to like learn how to package whatever it is that I bring to the table and 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 deliver that in a way that doesn't just seem so like commer- commercialized right. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and that's like the math that I'm having trouble or even, doing right um, now. Even to add on top of that, because I respect that a thousand percent, is that the where the work you put out is just, it's not all about you. Right. You know what I mean? Like my vision of the stuff that I've created um, and the stuff that we've collectively come together to create is that mm -hmm. I want it to live on yeah. beyond me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want it to stand on its own two feet and mm -hmm. represent that mm -hmm. beyond me. Like it's not just about mm -hmm. me. You know what I mean? It's like, Mm -hmm. We put the work in to create this thing, but mm -hmm. it has to live on its own. It mm -hmm. has to have its own two feet. Yeah. They shouldn't even know who the founder is because it, 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 they cannot understand why you know it's appealing. But the founders get be celebrated so much, though. That's why it's, we in that space have to now. Be, though. You know what's crazy? Somebody, somebody told me that you know that that's what people want to see, and elements elements the truth of that. People want to see who the founders. People now want to be. They want to know who the person is behind the scenes or who yeah, the person people is. People don't fall in love with the um the product or the business. They fall in love with the person. And that's it's all about narrative. That's like, exactly what's happened now. But I also tend to disagree with that because a lot of people you talk to probably can't can't tell you um um who um who the founder of Complex is. They probably can't even tell you who the founder of Vice is. Most people yeah, can't. You know what I'm saying? Can, yeah. But it's because they putting in a lot of work and they've you know did their part to have like a, a stronghold on culture. But um, I think that's the goal, man. That's the goal that you know. Some actually, one of my man's Jason Johnson, um, great dude, um, gave me that word the other day. He was like, "Yo, just you know, always remember about the work, man. Like uh -huh. the uh, the flashing lights of it all, especially in this yeah. in this climate, can really like distract you from the work. But uh -huh. the work is is what's key. The work is what gives you legacy. The work is what increases value. The work is actually what gets the checks. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah, I want to talk about like what um the work you've put in and you know right. the different aspects you've been working through the last couple of years. Um okay, where do I start? Um so I graduated from a school called UNC Greensboro. So UNC this is a UNC school system, but like there's different universities outside of Chapel Hill. So I went to a Greensboro campus. Um, I graduated in 2013, and like this is like during a time when like shit. Like this was right before. This is like the blog era, like the cusp of the blog era, right? So I come from like in, doing internships where I'm like trying to convince like whoever's in charge of me, like yo, the company needs like social media and a blog, and we need to be putting out content and like da 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 da. And they're like, ah, go. Uh, go make copies shut up you know what i'm saying <laughs> so like when i graduated like we were at the intersection of that and like um i don't know i always been like a writer right mm -hmm. um like i remember being in school and like i used to like i was reading i was writing and reading at like a 12th grade level when i was in the fifth grade so like they were making me like show my classmates how to like structure essays and like shit like that right mm -hmm. so i always had a pen but i never like wrote for anything right um so anyway I just wanted to do something like I was very inspired at the time. Like I just wanted to like, I just wanted to be something and be somebody. And like, I just was so much moving on the internet and shit. I was like, I want to tell stories and like, I want to know what it's like to like live my passion. So I started a magazine that was based around, um, like articles highlighting people who, you know, had identified their passion and built a life around it. And that slowly started getting traction. Like it was just a blog at first and then it kind of started getting traction. Um, like I had like twelve writers, all this shit. Like I think like back in like we, I remember when we interviewed Pyre Moss, the guy who does Pyre, uh, who's in charge mm -hmm. of Pyre Moss. We interviewed him. When he yeah, when he was just doing t-shirts. Wow. Like I remember that. I remember That's shooting crazy. a short doc on um on Brent Fias. 
like oh. uh before he like like when he still had braces and was making music in his like parents crib like i sent the camera crew to his crib to Whoa. do like a short doc I still got on my hard drive. They took it off the internet. Def Jam was not playing that. But um, hmm. like shit like that. So it was like a media house where we would like tell these stories about what it means to be a creative and what it means to like have your own like, you know, tell your narrative, right? right. So um, I like I I quote unquote employ like a bunch of my friends. We didn't have no creative outlet. When you come from North Carolina, you don't have that. Mm -hmm. um, we can't walk into a label and maybe get a deal. We can't throw a showcase and somebody might be there to change our life. Like, yeah. this is not, we just no industry for creativity. So this was like the hub back then for like that. This was our native complex. You know what I'm saying? Got it. Um, and that's where I got my start. So I was like, organ I was basically an editor in chief. I just didn't know that that's what I was doing. Mm. Um, I had writers from Cali all the way to England um, writing for me and like contributing like, you know, short docs and shit like that. Wow. So, yeah, it was crazy. I, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing at the time. Probably didn't value it like I should have, but, mm -hmm. like, people was really fucking with it. Um, I was selling, like, we would do print issues, and I was working at Sprint at the time. So I would, like, sell my magazines out the trunk of my car and package it with the phones so people would, like, buy both. And then I would fake, like, I was going to hook up their Bluetooth, mm -hmm. and um, I would sell them a magazine and, like, a T-shirt or whatever. And I'd bring up the online version of the magazine on all the form, all the phones and shit in the store. Allegedly. <laughs> nah, this is this was this was this is well documented in in whatever sprint discipline reports they have <laughs> so um that's how i like i use that though to make connections within the industry right mm -hmm. so that's how that's how i met julian that's how i met julian i interviewed julian um for Who that did you meet first julian or um rashad i met julian first oh shit. um i interviewed julian and um the article that we did performed really well on his linkedin so, and for, for y'all uh, listening, I'm talking about Julian Mitchell, um, great Forbes writer, you know, yep. if you know, you know. Um, anyway, so he, we, that's how our relationship started, just purely via email. He was just like, yo, you know, give me pointers here and there if I ask him a little question. Purely, like, we had never met. Um, but anyway, I would use that to, like, you know, get my resume out there and, like, connect with people in New York. So I came to New York and lived out here for, like, five months on, like, different couches every week. I was, like, sleeping with, like, you know, a suitcase and, like, the same five clothes with my outfits and shit. Yeah, so there. anyway, I just kind of, like, I'm just giving the backdrop. Um, I'm not trying to take too long on that. But um, anyway, so, like, my first big bag that I got, like, I remember being back home and um, I got laid off from my job and I put all my stuff in the U-Haul and I threw it in a dumpster and I, t I caught a flight to New York was $70. Mm. And I was just out here like uh, interning for a guy named Daniel Nevetta, who a uh, huge, like dope ass director. Like he shot everything that you can think of, like the, everything from the XXL freshman freestyles to like Uber commercials and like Scott's one like Tribeca Film Festival Awards and all kinds of shit, he's crazy. But I was working mm. for him making like 50 bucks a day on his like music video sets or whatever. So I was super mm. broke. But anyway, um, my first, I, so I started off basically doing that like social media and like editorial, right? Just trying to figure out the intersection of that. So my first real opportunity was at uh, eBay. Um, I came in as a lead social um, strategist. So I just applied to a Craigslist link. I didn't even know who the fuck it was. They were just offering $20 an hour, which I thought was like back then. I'm like, hell yeah. yeah. So I get the, I get a response that like, you'll come to an interview. I come and, and I'm like, I'm ass out broke. Like. Yeah. Like a stiff wind could knock some change out of my pockets and it's over. You know what I'm saying? Like bad. And the doors open and it says eBay Enterprise on the wall. 
And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm about to get the bag. Because <laughs> the company they posted on Craigslist was called Magento, which was like a company they owned, but like yeah, not I a see. famous name and yeah, shit. So I didn't yeah, think yeah. nothing of it. So I go in and the, uh, the VP of U.S. Marketing, uh, her name is uh, Tammy Canizaro. She, uh, she was going to interview me. And she was like, yo, basically they didn't have any social media strategy at all for the company. eBay fucking enterprise, international billion dollar company. So she was like, can you like, is this something you can handle? So I went behind her desk, pulled up the, I signed into the shit from her computer, pulled up all the analytics that she didn't know like was there. Mm -hmm. And I made them a, a, a social media strategy like right then. Cause I'm like, I need this bag. I'm like broke as fuck. Uh, yeah. So she was like, can you do this like at a bigger scale? I was like, I'll have like a full one to you by like tomorrow if, like what are we doing? Yeah. So she was like, boom, whatever you need. She gave me the job, um, a laptop. And I was like, yo, but I can't, we gonna have to lie. I can't stay up here cause I can't afford to be here no more. I need to go back to North Carolina and like get my shit together. Yeah. I had left my apartment. So I had, I owed them like $3,000. <laughs> like it was wild. So she was, so she, shout out to her. She was a hundred cause that was supposed to be an in-house job. Uh -huh. She signed me on as a freelancer. Let me lie about my, um, my address nice. and just the company as a function thought I was like there the whole time, but I was in North Carolina just working remotely. Nice. It was crazy. Five. So that's how I literally like saved myself cause I was ass out broke. So I was in North Carolina for a year doing that. So I built eBay's whole, um, like their whole social media structure. They didn't have like rep crazy. a reporting system. They didn't have like a social media calendars, content calendars, like they didn't have anything there. So I built that all by myself. I think I was 20, 23, 22 at the time, something like that. So I, I built- Did you have um, experience doing that at that point? I mean, for myself, for my magazine and for the shit uh, that I had been doing, but like not for like a company, nah. Like I had worked at a small marketing agency before that where we did, um, Tyson Foods was our client, so we were tweeting about like oh, chicken man. fingers and shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so like nothing to this extent, but I knew I could do it. So that was my first like real like brand that I worked with, and that was for like two years. Um, and that's when I learned like, yo, I could like create my own like right. deals. I could do this myself. Like fuck being a you know an employee or whatever. Yeah. So um, in the midst of that, I'm still running my magazine. I'm shooting a documentary also on the um creative culture of North Carolina and like what it means to build creative industry in like a place that's not in a major market and shit. Mm -hmm. So um, we built that up. I'm still running a magazine and then um, that's when I got my chance at Revolt. Um, I interviewed um, Rashad, that's when I interviewed Rashad back in the day. Yeah. And I tossed in my resume and like, it was a little bit back and forth. Um, long story short, I got the opportunity. That's when I, that's when I got on that Revolt. Um, so when I went to Revolt, I was like a digital producer. Uh, on paper, I guess, but like those jobs turn into like, you know, you do more yeah, trying to fight hats. for your spot. Right. I'll say this about Revolt, like, and people have, you know, different stories about like that company and this, that, and a third, but like as a creative in a certain time frame in life, that was a good place to be in because it was like, so it was like, yo, whose idea is the best and who's going to eat? We throwing bows in here. Like, who can write the best? Mm. Who's going to produce the best shit? Because it's not a lot of sources, resources to go around. Right, so right, you right. got to be a star. Right. So I um, and he, even real quick because I remember mm -hmm. um, when that transition happened, where like you know, it kind of like got rid of that mm -hmm. whole mm -hmm. that sort of department. I felt like it was on the rise, like the editorial culture. Yeah, we was videos. doing a lot. We was eating. I felt like, because I'm, a, you know, since we're, in the, we're on the ground floor, you always mm -hmm. can feel that energy first. It's mm -hmm. crazy they decided to go, they, they decided to like switch up the whole game plan, but that's neither here nor there. Keep continuing, please. Nah, but um, yeah, so like that's when my, 
my writing kind of took off because um, I had the opportunity to be on a major platform. Right. So like I was probably like one of the better writers there. Um, Agree. And shout out to like my man Will, who's over at um at um damn uh, Vibe. He's deputy editor at Vibe now. Uh, Will was over there with me. Um, you know uh, Danielle. I think she's still over there at Revolt. Like crazy talented writer. KC. Like it was just a bunch of us there that was like really dope. Um, so I kind of like I pretty much when I got there I I took up like social strategy so I ran the Instagram and the Facebook and like kind of got it to a point where it was like before it was a bunch of bullshit on there I kind of was able to provide some context and like we shot up like yeah we more than doubled in followers and stuff like that and online engagement so like that's where I kind of like put on like my editorial hat for real and like would kind of like create like worlds you know what I'm saying with the editorial so like um I think my biggest project was New Black Renaissance that was there mm -hmm. where it was like this is a point in time in like life where black America is like owning our influence and but what does that really mean like I felt like we were going through our version of the Harlem Renaissance that was a great campaign yeah. it was dope and that's like that was like my biggest thing that I got to work on because like basically we did like a month black history month theme thing where we organized like you know Mm -hmm. all the the themed writing and like the social media strategy like i came up with like not i came up with all that shit um and people had original ideas within it but the whole concept and what it was pointing to was mine um mm. and that was like the first time i saw like like culture respond to what i was doing yeah um because puff like somebody shot me we did the whole new black renaissance theme i wrote an article about it the year before kind of encapsulating the idea and I remember, and this is just all theory. I don't know how this might have worked out, but I know one time we was on the phone. It was me, a couple of people from the staff. Andre Harrell was on the line. It was like a whole thing. And, like, they're trying to, like, we're just having brainstorms about the brand and stuff. And I just kind of, like, went full Kanye on some dumb shit. And I was just like, yo, we're in the middle of a new black renaissance. Like, what are we talking about right now? Like, just completely tripping, bro. I wish I would have did that shit. <laughs> but, like, um... That was the only conversation that was had about it with anybody that was like on that level that mm -hmm. could ever have spoken to Puff about it. But like, so like maybe a few months later, I'm in my bed. This is New Year's, like like New Year's Day. So everybody had just got drunk the night before and shit. Uh -huh. I didn't do shit. I was too broke. I was at the crib. I ain't go nowhere. <laughs> and um, I got a text from uh, my Camille um, Edwards, who was, used to work with me at the oh, time. Word. Killer Cam. Yeah, Killer Cam. She texted me and she was like, she sent me an Instagram link. She's like, nigga, did you see this? So I clicked the picture. And it's Puffy on the roof. Mm. And he's like, yeah, be clear. You know, we're going through a new black renaissance. And it didn't even click that he was like kind of, he was running with the shit that I had like, yeah, you know, yeah. created. And I was just like, all right. I texted her. I was like, why are you showing me? Like, what, I miss, what am I missing? Yeah. She was like, nigga, that's your shit. Like, I had completely forgot I even wrote it. Coined up. Yeah, I completely forgot. So like. Now, I, then I realized, like, maybe a week before that, my or when I came in, my boss was like, yo, we need a whole, like, Puff is on this new black renaissance thing. Like, we need a whole, like, idea, a whole campaign. And I was like, you do know I, that, like, I came up with that shit, right? Hmm. And he was like, you know, this is probably a million things passing by him a day. So he didn't, he wouldn't pay attention to that shit. But anyway, so, like, that was interesting to see that, like, that's what I mean by, like, cultural real estate. That was my first time seeing like, yo, this shit is catching on flame. Like I've seen this shit in Forbes. I'm seeing Puff taking pictures with Jay-Z with a whole paragraph explaining how they're the leaders of the black renaissance. And maybe I'm not getting the credit, which is fine. But like, 
this is what it means to be on the court and really actually have influence when like the cultural leaders, not some shit that just looks cool and people catch on to a hashtag or whatever, mm-hmm. but like when a, when a, when you introduce an ideology and the people that we allow to lead us yep. take that on, that's influence. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? When he's like writing Instagram captions about how he feels like this is like a purpose for him to like help lead this and shit. I'm like, all right, that's dope. So like there was a crate, like even the shade room like picked up on it and like it went viral. It was in like grind, uh, global grind and shit like that. And I, I was like, yep. I was like, okay, this is like this concept, like this is what it means to teach people how to think something mm-hmm. and like let it reflect, right? Um, so I did that and, you know, among other things, like we saw tremendous growth when I was at Revolt as far as like, you know, I I oversaw a lot of like just the way that we explain the culture from our standpoint and like adding that flavor. And I'm not saying I'm responsible for like everything at all because there was some talented motherfuckers there, but that was where I first like people would like come into me to get an article feature and like coming to me to like, yo, no, we want, I want you to write about me because Mm -hmm. you do it this way and it's going to be this, you know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, that was like the first stint there, and then I did some producing, did like you know, produce a television special on Jadena. Remember that? Um, that was dope too. And yeah, we just did numbers, man. Like I, I'm not gonna go through like all the fucking statistics and shit like that, but like things like from a social media standpoint, like trim, like exponential growth and like engagement, followers. Um, I definitely was like. You know, just for, in terms of like building an editorial like space, I was definitely a part of that, and that was dope. Um, that's when Black Enterprise came along. Yeah. What's up? No, I'm, I'm here. Um, that's when Black Enterprise came along. I started writing from them mm-hmm. for a while, and um, then um, I, in between all of that, I did some stuff for like Fuse TV, a little social strategy for Fuse TV, um, and then um, the Grio. I did some social strategy for the Griot for a while, wow. just on a contract base. Um, and then I ended up at United Masters for a little while, mm-hmm. um, where I was kind of like, you know, recently there's been a lot of growth in um, the, like the social media imprint and stuff Indeed. like that. Um, so a lot of like the concepts for like just pulling those old interviews and like that are geared towards ownership in the industry and mm-hmm. also... Um, Doing um definitely saw your um your style all over that. It was yeah, it was it was dope. Um I did uh yeah, just in terms of like industry insights and like how this shit is moving and what the forecasts are, like, mm-hmm. you know, kinda I just really kind of like a like a cultural a cultural like a uh, fast company in a way. Mm-hmm. Um bringing that vibe. Um mm-hmm. so that was that and um you know other than that, like I've done, you know, documentaries kind of put uh, I've done I, I kind of I do like creative development you know um, experiences so like documentaries panel discussions um, in collaboration with the uh, North Carolina Museum of History mm-hmm. um, I have a company called AWOL that's like a creative development firm so we like you know we've designed um, museum exhibits interactive museum exhibits uh, at the Harvey Gantt Museum in Charlotte um, and we also have a curriculum um, that we're working on a, a self-discovery and creative and career development through uh, editorial um, that we're uh, piloting for the second year. Nice um, in yeah. Boston. So I do a lot, man. I, I probably sound like I just spent twenty minutes tooting my own horn, but I don't think that uh, 
I don't know. I think it's interesting that like when you get opportunities like this, like I just want to, I don't ever want to be somebody that just sounds like I'm just talking about some shit. No, no that's so good, man. You know I like saying? jazz. Toot that horn. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But um, uh, you on Driven Minds, my bro. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Uh, AKA Driven Society Podcast, AKA yeah. Hungry Trav be eating chips <laughs> all up on the mic. Shit, <laughs> you got that. He was fucking <laughs> chips all up but um, yeah, man, we we want to know uh, before we get up out of here, um, like what what drives you, bro? Like what gives you your 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 energy to go, your motivation um, to 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 shine in the space. Mm, that's a damn good question. It's always weird doing these because I'm the one asking questions most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, where did my motivation come from? I love the ability to to teach. Mm. Like, I think that is the most important thing. Like, I think it just really means something to me to be able to help, like, shape frames of thought in a positive way. Um, And that's where I get my juice from, is, like, you know being able to tell stories that really like resonate and being able to put people on game because like the older I get, I realize that like not everybody, like, you know, when you're so, you spend your life in your own head. So yeah, it comes to a point where you're like, damn, other people don't think like me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like that part is fun to me. I love doing that. Like I love just putting people on game and I love like, I love just being a part of the conversation. All I ever wanted to be was like somebody who created things and had a voice that was like really respected in, in the spaces that I that I choose to play in. And that's like from a competitive space, that's where I operate from. Like that's why, you know, I'm so meticulous about how I how I move the work I do and like how it comes out because mm-hmm. I really, 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 really give a fuck about sharing information. Because right now we're in a space where like information is so easily given and 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 taken, but it's never um it's it's really seldomly vetted as far as what's being said, who's saying it, and you know like the, the validity of 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 the message. Mm-hmm. So I really just pride myself on being somebody who is delivering quality message uh, from a space of um real knowledge and like a real genuine care for like like the culture that we're a part of Mm. um because this shit like really raised us in a certain you know regard you know i mean like we didn't have rich well i mean maybe some of us did but a lot of us didn't have like rich people to look at to say i want to be that like Mm -hmm. that's why we all want to be like jay-z and puff and all that shit because you know that was our first vision of like black wealth and and or like successful, like on that level. Mm-hmm. So I just like being a part of the conversation that happens in that space. However large or small my contribution is, I don't think like it's interesting being asked to come on podcasts and it's interesting to be asked to do panels and things like that because like I feel like I haven't even like scratched the surface mm-hmm. of like being that person who's like, you should listen to this guy. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I just want to like I just fuck with the way I think and how I function, and I just want to keep getting better at communicating that shit, and that's what keeps me going. I don't know what perfect looks like. I don't know like what it'll what like 
my ideal situation, career, or whatever that shit look. I don't know. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. But I know it's there. I know I have a space. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I'm addicted to, like, putting that puzzle together. And that's kind of where I'm at. I, I, if that makes if that if all that makes any sense, I might have just been rambling all crazy. But it does. That makes sense like a motherfucker, bro. Yeah, that's, that's pretty true. much where I'm at with it. So, yeah, definitely, man. I don't know. Tell the people where they can find you on the socials. Oh man, um, Dev T Smith um, on Instagram and Twitter. Dev T Smith underscore on Twitter, but it's the same thing. Um, yeah, man, I'm just on there. You Yo, know, appreciate you for coming on the podcast, brother. Young visionary leader out here. We'll be paying attention to all the next moves you already know. That's course, a fact. Man. Check appreciate out uh, Culture Nomics soon to come, February 2019. You already know. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Check uh, out Soundbite series. You know what I mean? That yeah. Dev T Smith moderates, um, powered and by Driven Society. You dig? Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. You know, DM Dev for some of those art <laughs> article links. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, feel feel free to bombard his DMs. Dev is known to uh, receive DMs. Nah, nah, this is Travis just snitching out here. Wow, that's so crazy. That's so crazy. I do not approve of this message. This is all propaganda, yo. Jesus Christ, yo, thanks for coming through, bro. Yes, sir. Thank y'all for having me, man. You know the information shared. Like we always say, this time, stay driven. Stay driven.